just drive safely. If you're at home, give us, you know, let us know like how you listen to us. Is it in a car? Are you in a bath? Um, a spa? <laughs> God, I hope you're not in a bath. Uh, <laughs> are you at uh, Josh and Thunder Liger's spa? Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, can you watch it? Can you watch it? Can you watch it? It's the G1. And we got lots of wrestling. Can you watch it all? Can you watch it? Can you watch it? Can you watch it? Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Just when you thought we were done, it is time for fun as we have the inaugural anniversarial one week later after the draft, which is our thing. My name is the Ravishing Red Rude, and I am joined by the Chocolate Mouse himself. Josh, <laughs> I mispronounced Moose. That sounds like a, that's a weird euphemism. And it's Josh, over, me. Uh, over there is the token mop himself, Dr. Dave. You might have to take the mantle of the true gimmicks to your look out for copyright infringement on that one, Red. That's the first thing I said. Like, yeah, I, I, I think that I think the uh, Jacksons might be a litigious group. Yeah, they've never sued anyone. Fucking come for us. I've got nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Those that's Patreon a... numbers better start hitting fucking high. Jesus From what I've heard, Take everything we got. You don't want Tito Jackson after you. Um, so. <laughs> no. But yes, this is the uh, anniversary episode of uh, one week since we did our draft. Um, where basically we're just going to be breaking down what we did last week. (laughs) (laughs) We've become those types of podcasters where we now just exclusively talk about ourselves. That's like the, it's like, oh, what do we do again? That's a meta discussion. It's a G1 preview show, Red. Previewing the G1. Is it? That's what I hope. I hope hope that's what we're going to achieve (laughs) here today. Speaking of which, I must plug our Twitter again. At we work stiff, Twitter at we work stiff. Uh, you can come and talk to us there. There's heaps of stuff happening at the moment. G1 coverage is going to be great fun. We're going to have a bunch of new and different things. Um, in addition, we also have the Discord and anyone that finds us on Twitter. Um, the Twitter fans are growing. It's kind of really, it's kind of really lovely. We keep getting more and more followers. I think it's like once you get to a certain number, it just starts to go up. Like it took us forever. Before, I mean, the, once the show hit, I think we've actually grown in numbers, which is really encouraging. Which means that clearly, me on my own wasn't engaging enough. But once we had like the concept <laughs> of the show, we are a tripod. It takes it is without without the other two legs, you're just a swinging dick, really. Yeah, and I, and that tends to do pretty well on Twitter, to be honest. Like <laughs> yeah. that on itself should help. But look, great Khan, man, is a swinging dick. I mean, yeah, and look at the look at the man's engagement. It's there. Well, um, I mean, I mean, I started engaging more on Twitter, and we started getting more and more followers. It's true, Red. It is very true. Maybe it's like the key is burners. That's the that's the important thing. And we've got a burner follower, which I'm, I don't know who it is. Someone out there is following us that doesn't. That's only got. It's got zero followers and follows seventeen accounts and is exclusively talking us up. So I was very. If you're out there listening, I was very, like, I was heartened by the fact that a burner was out there promoting, and not only that, was hyping up my team. Which wow. it's not me. It's not. I trust me. I'm not the burner. And it's but they not were me. like. They were pretty like. Sure, well, pretty sure it's Chase Owens. <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> it's incredibly possible. There I actually have like, some Twitter news. I, I I did a funny. I don't know how to use Twitter, but I, I saw a picture of Tanahashi and he had a dog. 
That was my tweet. Yep. Oh, it's your tweet. Okay. <laughs> um, and I decided to tweet underneath it or reply. I don't know how it works. I've gone, uh, my dog, the heel gimmick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very uh, good. I, Red, you on Twitter, not really knowing how it works, I feel like is like it is like a dangerous thing. Something, something terrible might happen. Yes, yes. yes. please oh, don't engage DM'd, this man. I thought I DM'd that person my dick. Oh no, it's the idea of the internet. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm always mindful of just like the account. Like, yeah, I'm always keeping an eye out there, dude. I'm just, I'm the gatekeeper to make sure that you don't get yourself in too much trouble. <laughs> I just discovered you can gif. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I, I read. Keep tweeting the way you're tweeting. It's, it is, it's, it's got, it's got this uh, iron chic. Uh, it's it's just got this aesthetic that you've got all to your own it's just i don't know exactly what it is but it's clearly you which is why like i legit was like when that burner was out i was like it's not red (laughs) because i can like like, read the tweet and i was like yeah it's not it's not him so you've got your own you've got your own uh like language for twitter so just keep doing you you can find me at uh red williams burner account yeah yeah, you can. Or you can find him like every now and again going on a rush of just commenting under all of my tweets. Just every every now and again, like every couple of days, just a just a run. Like, oop, we've got to do something here. I've I've got your back, buddy. Thanks, man. Thank you. Just wait. I'm I'm waiting for the day you jump in when there's like a full on fight on Twitter. It's gonna be great. Like, yeah, get in there. Get in. Just waiting to jump in. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I've I've got your keyboard warrior back. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I'm not I'm not that guy. Trust me. I don't. It's not that serious. But mm. and now, Subway delivered by Uber presents the Stiff One 2022. Well, it is now time to get down to the meaty, greety, beaty, feety, defeaty, leety of the show. The reason why you're here, the reason why everyone tunes into WeWork Stiff, because it is our thing to do a draft. No one else does this but us (laughs) in a podcast format. Three people in Australia named Red, Josh and Dave. Thanks. It was a tremendous intro. We did we did the draft last week for, for you know listeners to the show. Um, yeah, that was a week ago. The anniversary episode of that episode. Yeah, we 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 gather once more to commemorate what was a tremendous week last week. Uh, but this week we're looking at actually previewing the G one uh, through the format that we've already established for our stiff one uh, by looking at our own teams, looking at each other's teams, having a discussion about those teams. Uh, pretty basic format. Uh, we have a structure that we'll go along with, which is basically each of us will talk about something that one thing in our team that we're really keen to follow across the across the tournament. Uh, then the second section, finance is coming in again, Red, buy or sell. It's the stiff stonks are back as we'll propose a question of each other's teams to see what we think about them. Um, and we'll have a discussion. I don't know what happened. Something will happen there. And then uh, the final thing will be a sleeper boy, which is... Uh, which boy do you want to sleep with? Yeah. I think it'll be very hard <laughs> to narrow down. Um, I'm going to say Great O'Khan. Yeah. The king of consent himself. 
Um, yeah. On second thoughts, that probably wasn't a great sentence. Yeah. Or question. Our, our sentences <laughs> are, yeah, you'll get a sentence if, you, if you're not careful. Uh, yeah, which is just a, who is going to be someone who's going to surprise you. Um, <laughs> which doesn't help that sentence any better. That was not a great qualifier. Uh, nonetheless. It's going to surprise you. <laughs> yes, yeah. it'll be a surprise. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I'm going to just stop that. Just, yeah. I'm just going to move off of that uh, yeah, path that we're heading uh, now. Yeah, let's, uh, uh, let's take a sharp left. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So what is the one key thing? Uh, it can be a wrestler or you know, a story, a bit of a narrative or some, some key matches perhaps uh, that we're keen to follow in our teams. So who wants to start about their, their key thing for their team? Great, how about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the, the main wrestler for me that I'm most interested in is always going to be Great Khan. Uh, just because he's, as I said, it, as I said during the draft show, and if you haven't heard it, go and check it out. We released it last week. Um, but a fake five star. Anyway, uh, the thing is, though, is a great kind of guy who I've been intrigued by for a while. He's a gigantic, big hoss. The way he comes out to the ring, you know, so much about him, I just haven't really had much of a chance to see. And so watching Greta Khan show off, uh, you know, in this, it, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I mean, like we have. Uh, Okan and Chase. Uh, Okan is actually, Chase is actually Okan's very first victim, uh, you know, going through that, that, that match is going to happen on the 26th. Uh, but, you know, it's really seeing how he progresses and what he actually does. Uh, the match that I'm probably most excited for involving Great Okan is going to be Great Okan versus Jay. Now, is that going to be, you know, Jay getting a, a dominant victory over him or is it is this going to be a real showing for okan taking on the top guy in the company right now particularly the champion what, as well what about great okan red are you most interested to discover it, just to see how good of a wrestler this guy is like to actually see what he can do because he has interesting strikes and so many things about him are genuinely interesting and so yeah i'm just keen to see how he performs as a wrestler and you know like i don't really care like storyline and all that kind of stuff with you know what they're going on but yeah i'm just really keen to see how great okan wrestles and whether or not great okan really can become uh, a true boy for me i'm i agree i'm also interested to see how the off uh, the out of the out of the ring, Great Okan, how he brings that into the ring, or if mm. he does during the G one. It's a very, it's a really interesting balance, isn't it? Because he's such like he is the most debaucherous character that New Japan has had in a long, long time. Like, Seems that I mean, way. I mean, he's hanging out with porn star. He's out, he was tweeting out last night. <laughs> So he's on a radio show, some some exotic erotic radio program last night, <laughs> just like hanging out with a very big, uh, busty lady, um, talking about assets. Speaking of finance, um, and it's and he seems like he seems like the greatest hang. Just as a side note, seems like yeah. a tremendous hang. But you're right because his in ring character is of. I mean, he's a dominator. He's like he's sort of positioned as this guy that's like um like the mongol character that's kind of the yeah. idea of like a throwback to killer khan that kind of that kind of thing but he's 
out of the ring character is such he's i think it's i actually think it makes a lot of sense kayfabe why because he's like he's unhinged like he's yeah. not he can't contain the great okan and so he just does what he wants and he's like he just dominates in every part of his life he's a dom in every part of his life mm, um, we all but what's great about him is that he'd start like he's in he when he was a, a young boy like he was the biggest fan of like uh manga and like anime and stuff like he was a massive fan like he's a massive fan of Okada's wife who's like a very famous uh, voice <laughs> actress which is a really great sub story that exists in in New Japan um but to see like to see young Oka become great Okan um because it's, it's been a real joy because he's he's the most outlandish guy so I'm with you Red I think I think he's a guy to follow the way he works will be interesting because he's a judo player that's what his base is he's a judo guy um and so he's got some just in like he'll he can move you where he wants to move you um and just seeing how he integrates that you know yeah i would suggest red um checking out like all his post-match interviews once they've been um, oh yeah translated and that sort of stuff see if there's some character sort of stuff that comes across there that yeah, I think that could be a really interesting sort of look as an extra sort of follow with him because yeah. I tend to forget sometimes about watching the post-match stuff. Um, but I think he'll be, yeah, he'll be just an interesting character all around. I think you have great matches and I like the move set and it's like that, like you said, that big dominator kind of character. Um, and he's got such a cool look. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see what he... Like the round, like the rounding out of that character in ring, and how the crossover between in ring out of ring. Mm. Yeah. Ah, so mistake. yeah. So make sure that you you, you got to watch his matches and follow his Instagram. They're the two key parts to I keeping do. up with Focal. Yeah. I do follow his Instagram. I do. I do very much. Great follow. Yeah. I mean, I just think, yeah, Okan's, I've got a great team. We're going to win, but Okan's the. It's the first time I've drafted Okan, and it's the guy that I really am looking forward to. <clears throat> Yeah, he had a great match last year in the G1 against Zack Sabre Jr. Like a, uh, oh, was it the G1? Or the, it was might have been the Cup. It was unbelievably good. Um, he's just a very diverse guy. He can do a lot of things, and he's going to be coming out party too. I think. I think yep. a lot of people are going to be realizing that this guy's the. This guy might be the next. Um, he might be a top guy. That's kind of his potential. It seems that way. Yeah. I've got a real hot take on Okan that I'll bring out at some point. Okay. Very, it's it's incredibly hot. <laughs> it's like it's molten. I'll bring it out halfway through the G1. Don't worry. Uh, okay. Would you like to go, Dave, or would you like me to go? Uh, I was nearly going to say, is it Okan on the beach in his um, dick, <laughs> in his budgie sparkles hot? <laughs> is it that hot? No, nothing's that hot, which I'm pretty sure he was teabagging a shooter. Yeah, I think he was. <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Talk about molten. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Come under my uh, learning yeah. tree. You go, Josh. Okay. So this was a really fascinating one for me in terms of story to follow because I didn't know. I'm, I was sort of tossing up in terms of like wrestler and thing that's interesting because I don't have... I, I sort of realized the key stories, a bit like Red, the key stories I'm interested to follow happen to exist in your team, Dave, which is probably not all that surprising considering <laughs> you draft for stories. So you're like grabbing as many of the story boys as you possibly could. Um, and so I was like, oh, there's not, a, not necessarily a super strong story, but there's one thing I, I after watching um, 
a post wrestling uh, video interview that um, was done pre G1 with uh, Filthy Tom Lawler. I instantly, I think I fell in love. I don't, I think I, I've had a, as big a boy crush, uh, wrestling boy crush as I've had in a long time. Tom Lawler speaks for about 45 minutes about being in the G1. And it's one of the most heart, like it's the most wholesome discussion I've seen about a guy that is just so genuinely thrilled to be in the tournament, who's so like open and happy about the concept, is so thrilled about, he broke down each of his matches with his guys. His biggest matchup he's looking forward to is against Yano. Uh, because <laughs> and because of his discussion is because Yano is a shoot wrestler and has been depriving us New Japan fans of actual wrestling for so many times for so many years. I'm going to punish him as a result awesome. to prove that he's like you should not be making fun of this thing. Um, we talked about that last week. We were like, imagine he brings out yeah. the shoot and Yano. Yeah, he's, for he's, one night he, only. He's yeah. going to do it. I think he's going to say you are going to have to work. I think it'll go the other way. Um, I. I'm interested, and this is the reason I'm interested in following the story. I'm interested to follow it with, with Tom Lawler is, is will he be the Alex Zane of this run? Will he get himself so over? I believe he's going to get himself incredibly over in, with the Japanese audience because, I mean, Alex Zane got so over that he's, he was working uh, main events with Tanashi and Kushida. Like, that's how big Alex Zane got himself over. Um, I think Tom Lawler has that potential in New Japan. I think the look of him, like the Daisy Dukes and the weird movements and the dancing and the odd sounds and the, the, the just the shooter ears, people will get confused by and the physique and the, the tattoos and just the everything about Tom Lawler is sort of this, uh, yeah, it's a sort of anachronism. He just doesn't he sort of. He literally looks like the guy that runs the the roller coaster at the carnival. Like, yeah, so carny. He's but, like super carny. Yeah, but like, but, but sexy. <laughs> oh yeah yeah he's got all of that he's got the weird charisma but he when he was talking it was like he talked about obviously his issues with the ufc and how um you know he got done with the usada stuff uh it wasn't very flattering to, to usada uh, obviously what's happened with his whole, whole career and he talked about how he basically had to start from the, the bottom because that he wasn't going to be able to get into any Europe. He wasn't going to get into MMA fights. He he had his his uh, pro wrestling career to fall back on, but he hadn't trained and worked in pro wrestling in over a decade at the time. And so he started working for because he needed the money to. He started working any indie show he could, and he started talking about the the journey to get to this point. About he was taking you know working at Black Label Pro and he's working everywhere trying to get his name out there as this guy that could be you know seen as a a credible professional wrestler. He got the deal with um, the Wrestling Observer, with Figure Four uh, Weekly, with Brian Alvarez, where he would do his filthy, he would do his like SmackDown reviews, and yeah. he just got that gig as part of talking about it. And he sort of said he's the, he's like he's doing it for all the wrestling podcasters. <laughs> it's like he's, he's like I. It was it was such an you know an engaging and heartwarming sort of story because it was like this is a guy that's literally in the course of the pandemic, in the course of three years, has taken himself from, you know, nothing, you know, four or five years ago in pro wrestling to now being at the G1 level. And he's earned the right to get to that point. And so I'm just incredibly excited to be able to follow that journey to see, can he get himself over to the extent that he can become uh, a star in New Japan? I think he has that potential because he fills a void 
in New Japan, they, I mean, the, the Japanese crowd, and particularly New Japan, has always loved, and that is these shooters, these true yeah. shooters that um, that have personality. And that's the thing. Like he's he's just a natural born pro wrestler, and so yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that um, that story as it goes through with how how over can Tom Lawler get. It's interesting the way they've got him towards the end of the G1 too, because on the 10th, he's got a Carter, which mm. is going to be absolutely sensational. That's going to be an absolute banger. Uh, but then interesting, on the 14th, he actually has Cobb. So it's going to be a wrestler versus a shoot fighter. So it's going to be really cool to see if that dynamic comes into it, because Lawler is another guy that I haven't actually seen much of outside of MLW. Uh, so it's going to be really cool to see him compete in this New Japan style. So similar to, you know, Greta Khan and a few other guys, I'm going in with fresh eyes. Like literally, this is going to be the first time I've actually engaged on a nightly basis mm. with the filthy one. Yeah, he's, uh, for anyone that's sort of, I mean, not a lot of people watch New Japan strong, but he's sort of been the guy there um, as, the, as a sort of strong champion for the for the majority of that run. And he's he's developed to a point of like he's really he's really good he has great matches he's a he's the but he's the style of wrestler i'm really interested to see if how it goes he's the style of wrestler that sucks you into his game like he, he'll pull guard like that kind of wrestler yeah and that's a really like in it worked in the pandemic era because there was no crowds so it was kind of like this idea of like i'm going to really be able to explore what i can do as a pro wrestler and see if i can try this stuff and sort of get over as a bit of a bully where i'll pull guard and then i'll i'll mount you and i'll beat the shit out of you and he, he sort of he treated a bit like he was rolling with guys and that worked with when he wrestled like narita or like when he had matches with guys from the dojo that could do that so i'm really interested to see how he could go in new japan he doesn't have a lot of guys in that block that would necessarily fit that style so i don't know if it's the greatest show sort of showcase but i think there'll be a really good opportunity to show him physically be able to dominate big guys through technique and through like takedowns and being able to get guys to the ground and get their backs, I think he'll be doing a lot of that sort of stuff. And his personality, his character is, it's just really odd. Like, I don't know of any wrestler quite like Filthy in terms of, I don't really know. It's not, a, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a character. I just think that's who he is as a personality. He's just an oh, yeah, oddball. He's yeah, he's an oddball. He's always an oddball in the UFC. Uh, I think as far as his style goes, like doing that sort of pull and gardener sort of thing. I mean, he's got the perfect, like Red said, the perfect guy there to do that and turn it potentially into a five-star match with Okada because Okada can wrestle any style. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, like you said, to do, yeah, see him going against the big horses in that. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that A block is a fun, there's a lot of fun stuff that can happen in there. And I'm glad that he talked about Toriyami because I think that's going to be fun as. Yeah, he shot, he shot on him. Basically, shoot was upset with him. But I yeah. mean, like, like who amongst us doesn't want to see, you know, Yano had one of the greatest moments in G1 history when he actually did a hit toss. Yeah. And people lost their shit. So imagine if filthy Tom Lawler gets a shoot match out of Yano. Yeah, I think it's going the other way. <laughs> I think it's going the exact other way. He's going to force Yano. We're going to see the. They're going to see Filthy go full comedy. Well, well, but no. If that happens, then we're going to see Lawler skyrocketed to. You know, he's going to win the G one. Yeah, become the yeah. champion. Like, I mean, if you can make Toriano do that, I mean, yeah. So anyway, that's that that story of him going through the tournament. Um, and for anyone that's, I, I tweeted out the link for it, but I do rec highly recommend if you're looking for G one content. 
Uh, obviously listen to our show, but if you're also looking for more G1 content, you've got a voracious appetite for that sort of stuff. Um, the post wrestling uh, guys did a news update and 45 minutes of filthy talking G1. It's, it's really is if you're, if you're wanting to find a boy to be invested in, you could go a lot worse than, than watching that. And he's just, it's very wholesome. Okay, Dave. Yeah, it was a toss-up between Jordan or Pippen for, for me as far as the most interesting story. But I, I really don't think I can go through a show without talking about Jay, so I picked Jordan. Um, I was waiting for you to pick BJ Armstrong or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who would that be? Tightly. So it's, for me, yeah, Jay, it's uh, it, the champ, the champ in the G1, the J1. Mm. I mean, what, what's the motivation? He's already the champ. So that's like their question. They're kind of, I'm just posing questions to myself. What is this going to look like? How, I mean, cause he's so good on the chase, mm. like being the pest and chasing Akata or whoever and talking about how he's the best and he's, the, you know, he should be the champ and it's his time. And now that it is his it time is. Yeah. and it's the G1, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by where he finds his motivation and how he talks about that. Interesting, Dave, not to segue too quickly, but the they released the videos for the promotion, you know, like each block, and they sort of themed the blocks. You know, the A block has been named by New Japan the monster block. Yeah. We actually use that. But in B block, they use the, the concept of survival mission. Ah. And they position Jay as on a survival mission. So yeah. if he's not chasing, now he's the hunted. Yeah. So I think they've they've sort of switched that to say, can he survive? What what if Jay goes through and loses every match to everyone? <laughs> That's probably not a great move to book your champion. It's also an interesting block for him in that there's no Okada and there's no Tana. So they've always been high motivating factors for him as far as feud mm. and you know. I don't know has he ever really had a, a like a a program with a strong program with Naito, but. Like Naito's not there either, so none of the other three guys, the mm. four, the four main guys, are in his block. So motivation through that G one, what, mm. where, where does it come from? Um, we're giving a bit of shit to Ishii, maybe getting some revenge there. But the other guys, they're definitely going to be coming for him, and they're mm. they're lesser they're lesser names than him. So he doesn't have that other that other. You know, top level guy. I mean, they're all top guys, but he doesn't have that other level guy in the block. Is he so? Is he transcending now to a point where Okada is and where Tana is and where Naito is, where the story isn't about his story as much? It's about how people interact with him. Whereas he becomes the catalyst, to use yeah. to borrow a term, for other people's growth, as opposed to being reliant upon getting over his growth. You know, like like a guy like okada for instance like okada is okada and yeah. the story of jay is told through his relationship with okada are we getting to the point now where jay is going to be telling stories with other guys who rely upon jay to help propel their character it's funny it's funny you should say that josh because yeah. that's the next point i was going to make oh, that's good. um so in this block, who, what feud does this set up potentially for Jay down the track? Because if you know, and Okan gets a win over him, then is like you just said, is is Jay then positioned as the guy that Okan chases for the next five years of his career? 
Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, what do they do here? Do, do, does this become, do they go full J1 and he wins the whole thing as the champ? Like, what is, yeah. is that potential and what does that mean for the rest of the year? Does he not even make the finals? What does that mean for the rest of the year for him? It's mm. all kind of, it's just stuff posing. Que- There's a lot of questions here. Exactly. And, I mean, Sonata I interests me. Sonata yeah. interests me in that group, in the relationship, because Sonata doesn't, they've, they've tried to make Sonata a Carter a thing. Like they've tried and it's, yeah. they've had some compelling G1 matches. You know, that, that, that 29, 56 yeah, match matches. Yeah. was great, but it hasn't, it hasn't always hit. Well, but is but is the guy like Jay the the guy to draw character? That's what I'm saying. Draw. To draw personality out of Sonata yeah. is a guy like Jay, as opposed to what they've tried with him in the past. And two, like same with Tama Tonga, same with Okan, and like so they're the. I mean, Okan, Tonga, and uh, Sonata. Yeah, they're gonna be very interesting as far as like uh, I think he's gonna help them build on their characters moving forward Mm. so i expect that to be a really story driven and character development block because it doesn't have all the top names in quotation marks in it like so i think i think guys will get elevated from that block so that's that's the interesting stuff for me Mm. um and that's my main my main focus um about as far as uh the the key thing for the g1 that's interesting yeah that's kind of cool i just like that what that kind of reveals about where jay's gotten to as champ now and that's the reality of being champ it's like it's it's a really important thing to to note about pro wrestling it's a team sport like he's ascended to the position now where ultimately in the context of this of the company his job now is to help others like once you get to that position you've been given the ball now you have to elevate others and as you see that block and as, as you mentioned now, when you look at it, you're like, yeah, <laughs> that's your job, Jay. Like help these guys get to that level because yeah. they're going to need that. Yeah. Because I mean, we, I mean, we've talked for years about the potential for Sonata to be the guy. Yeah. Or maybe it just wasn't that it was ever, it was never going to happen with Okada. Well, maybe Jay drags that out of him and Okan being the new up and coming guy. Mm. And there's question marks, you know, literally, <laughs> literally about what, what Okan is. Well, maybe Jay drags out what Okan really is. And same with, you know, this new version of Tamatonga. Like, what is, what is that guy? And maybe Jay drags out a new element in Ishii. And Ishii has the next 20 years of G1s to look forward to. <laughs> and I mean, too, beautifully, beautifully put, you know, I want to see what Jay drags out fucking Tai Chi. I think that's <laughs> yeah. just going to be all kinds of beautiful and wonderful. And I might just have some real ah oh, moments in this whole. Yeah. Jay and the G1 sort of thing. You never, you never quite, but they they are like the next guys up. Like so many yeah. of those guys are the guys that they believe have got potential. Like, well, they're, yeah, they're nipping at the heels of, um, uh, you know, the main event, really. They're the fifth it. pillars. Yeah, the fifth pillars. Yeah. Waiting for that, trying to get into that spot. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's, a pivotal, it's a pivotal block. I, I'd almost say right now we're looking at them build a brand new deck. They've moved on from the pillars. <laughs> yeah, it's an extension. Yeah, there's an extension right now going Jay's, on. Jay's remodeling the farm and he's yeah. come out and put out an extension. But it's... It, with Jay, we're going to know straight away from the bat because night one is literally Sonata versus. So we're going to find out right from the get go 
if what you're saying, Dave, is going to come, you know, with him dragging things out of people. and everything. I think Sonata beats him too. You think Sonata beats him? Well, I, yeah. mean- I think night one, it's upset night. Night one's upset night. That's my hot take leading into that's okay. Just well, if you look at that, you look at that 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 card that night. I reckon most of the outsiders will win. It's just gonna be really cool to see Jay in general. Like you know, tournament Jay is is as you said before in the past. He's always been chasing, but to have him in that position of power, it's gonna be really fascinating to see the development of that one. So where where are we gonna end up with Jay at the end? That's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah, considering he's never won a G one, it'll be. It'll be interesting because the the arrogance will just be poured on. And uh, to go full circle, uh, I'm so excited though for night the for final night where we get to see Tama versus Jay. Uh, just in the sense of like, what what is that going to be a brawl? Is that we're going to see Tama? Could be a spoiler as well. It could be Tama spoils the party. Yeah, like imagine that Jay needs just one more point to beat someone, and he's taking on Tama. And Tama deliberately screws him and just, yeah. Tama beats the absolute living piss out of him. Yeah, yeah, I could see that happening. Very good. Oh, that's uh, that's good. I've actually got a, a buy and sell question off, off the back of that, if that's um, a nice segue. Perfectly. Uh, my statement to in regards to your team there, Dave, see you next Tuesday, club. Uh, my statement is Tama Tonga will make it out of B block. Tama Tonga will win B block. Do we buy or sell that push? Sell. I think if Jay doesn't win the block, that Tama wins the block. Looking at the list of guys there. Uh, and that then what does that potentially put him in against maybe Okada? Yeah. Unless we have a upset. Who we beat, who we beat well. in last year's G1? Yeah. Who's the only person that beat Okada in last year's G1 was Tamatonga. Yeah, okay. Um, far out. That's a tough question. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's an interesting, it's, it'd be make for a really interesting. Last night, last night, it's him versus Jay. Uh, I mean, I feel like he, uh, in some way, he spoils party on the last night. Does he end up taking the spot? That's it. That's the question. If he's going to spoil it, then who takes it? If he spoils Jay, then it's got to be Sonata. The Sonata's the only other option, right? If if Tama spoils <clears> Jay, Taichi, yeah, <laughs> highly possible. Taichi Gun enacted. Like we've sort of identified the top stars, so we can sort yeah. of see there. And it's like if he did it, why can't he? Why can't it be for all the marbles? Like those yeah. two, those two in a elimination match, basically winner goes goes through. And look, I mean, at some point you got to elevate some other guys, do you? Don't you? You can't just have Naito, Okada, Jay, and Tanahashi as your only four guys. You've got to elevate some and you know some new blood and some new championship feuds. And that's that's a, that's an enticing one, Jay and Tama down the road. Yeah, yeah. Plus yeah. you get the you get the Jay you get the Tama gets a world title match off the back of it, which yeah. they could easily do in an American show if they wanted to as well. So they've got that up the, up their sleeve. And then you can, Tama can lose to Okada and still have beaten Jay and have that benefit. Yeah. Um. So I just think it's just a, I'm, I'm like, yeah. So Red, you were completely down on it. Any 
Who do you think's getting out of that block then? Is it Jay's block? Or... You've got Jay, you've got Sonata. Um, yep. So, I mean, right there, you've got two guys who, in my opinion, have already been set up. You know, Sonata's taken on Okada how many times? Jay's already been infused with Tanahashi, Okada, Nida. So it's interesting to see why Tamatonga's in that block. Obviously, because they have the beef going down. I don't think Tamatonga is going to be used in such a way that's going to propel him into the next level. I just think it's going to be more or less like, you know, there'll be an intriguing part to add on to their storyline. But we haven't got Tamatonga to that level just yet. Uh, that's why I genuinely believe in, in that block. The, the key storyline is going to be between Sonata and Jay, most likely with the two of them chasing to get into the semis right there. I just think Tama is going to be a piece in the checkers board, not so much the the player, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It, it's also like if you're going to elevate Tama, he's going to have to have a killer, like killer G1 from a match perspective. Which he did have last year. It is. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. See, I didn't he, see it, so it's hard. It's hard for me to imagine it. He he got over as a babyface while still being in Bullet Club last year. But what was the match quality like? Because that's that's a really significant thing. Yeah, you got to be able to wrestle. Yeah, yeah, you got to be good. able to have those high quality matches. On no, the he didn't. Club. He didn't get his match for Okada was great. So that yeah. part was was really good, and he and he was he was good, but he wasn't. He hadn't gotten to this point where he'd been to integrate the character. So that's a big if too. Like. Is able to be able to work as a true baby face and do that. Um, and whether they, I mean, nothing in the booking suggests that New Japan, as you said, Red, are, are, they're pretty risk averse when it comes to this sort of stuff. They, they tend to play the hits. So I, I could definitely see Sonata Okada as a, as a semi final. I think that's probably the most like likely. It's like if I was going to say, you know, safe bet. Yeah. But there's part of me that's like, and, and the question is whether Tama beating Jay is a big enough win to elevate him regardless of even needing if he gets that win of even need to win the block and that was kind of the argument last year for yeah. tama he didn't win a lot of matches but he beat okada and that was a big win to get him to that next level that they needed to get him to to be able to be the never champ you know to get to that level where yeah. he's a singles champ sort of guy so and too if like the focus is bullet club stories which they've talked about you know over the next however long is big bullet club story coming along then tama tonga getting a win over jay white in the g1 continues that story he gets a title match and then they can tell they can start telling all sorts of things and doing all sorts of stuff the key thing with this bullet club story it needs to be sort of noted is people have to start going the other way because a lot of bullet club's been taking people people mm. need to start de defecting and the only way that they'll do that is if the is if the defectors the people that have or the people that are being kicked out are looking strong i look strong so Tama Tonga being a top guy that could potentially get to a top four and a G1 could present the Gorillas of Destiny as a faction. Like he could build his own GOD faction. Yeah, based off his yeah. performance of G1. Those guys to take on the Bullet Club. And if he's the leader and he's presented as a strong guy, which I think he can get to, I believe, I really believe that they, they, like they trust him. He's a dojo boy. They trust him. And I think it's like one, one last big run to get you a chance to see if you can do it on top. So I'm just posing the question. It's sitting there on the final night. It's like, if you're going to do it, go all in. Look, I'll say sell, but mate, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for that's it. Fine. That's, yeah, that's yeah. fine. I'll say sell, but I'm for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, not, it's a risky investment. You're a sell as well, Josh. Yeah. Uh, I'm a buy. You're a buy. I think if I was doing it, if I was going to do it, that's what I would do. Okay. Um, because I think 
there's enough inbuilt story there to, to elevate him. But Jesus, what I mean, Jay not winning the block. Fuck, what I mean. That... <laughs> but that that builds a crack in his in his position yeah, as leader. Yeah, yeah. And he's in his right to hold that spot, especially if he loses to Tama, who Carl Anderson beat for the title. Yeah. And Carl Anderson go, is not in the G1, can be like, I beat that guy. Like you you should be beating that guy. I beat that guy. Why can't you do that? And sort of build that story of Jay's long because I don't think Jay's ever going to win a G1 until he does it as a baby face. Yeah. So I just feel like he till he does it on his own. Really? All on his own. And that to me is the, the cap sort of story for him is to do it as the beloved returning hero, you know, mm-hmm. baby face that speaks in language and does all that sort of stuff. I think that's when he'll I think it'll be a mega, mega, mega star when he, at that point. He grabs the microphone and says, like, breathe with this switchblade. Yeah, but he does it in Japanese. Yeah, mm-hmm. which you can, like, that will, you won't believe the pop that'll get. I like that one. I like that. That's cool. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of breathing, that's a good segue because both these guys breathe. Um, I have, <laughs> uh, I, I, there's, there's one thing that I've been thinking when I saw this question, and it's Shingo and Will Ospreay. I, within the realm of the question of buy or sell, which I hope I'm getting this mm-hmm. correct, which one of these guys are you going to buy or sell more stocks of? Some stiff stonks. Are you going to buy them in Shingo or Osprey particularly? Considering the fact both of them were world champion during the actual pandemic and now it's with Jay. So it's for me personally watching it as an outsider coming into it, it's interesting to see where they're going to position Osprey and Shingo as well. Is it are we going to be seeing Shingo get elevated or are we going to see Osprey get elevated? So you're saying who's winning? Win. Buy or sell? Yeah, buy or sell. Who's what, what, what stocks are you? What stiff stocks are you buying? You're buying them in Shingo or Osprey? Um, I will say that oh, he's in your team, isn't he, Josh? Do you want to answer this question? It's probably opposed to you. Yeah. I have Osprey, yeah. Um, so do we think I can pose as a buyer? So is Osprey getting out over Shingo? It's kind of the easiest way to frame yeah. that. If you yeah. think in D block, it's between those two, which I think it I think it's pretty much between those two. I mean, juice is there. Um yeah, if I'm buying stock, it's tricky. That's a really tough one because I think Shingo is well, put it this way, if I'm buying stock, I'm buying an Osprey because he's younger. Mm. I mean, if I'm going to invest in someone, I'd be doing it primarily because of that. But I don't think he's... I, Osprey's not better than Shingo. He's just not. Um, there's very few wrestlers on the planet that are better than Shingo. Um, but if I was trying to say out of performance in the G1, who has the expectation? Osprey's coming in with expectation he places very much on himself. Like he's targeted himself as being the the heir apparent to Kenny Omega. You know, that's kind of how he's trying to get himself over by having his little, you know, running battle with Kenny on Twitter, which is, you know, if I was Osprey, I'd try to avoid any any argument with somebody that involves, you know, discourse. I'd be avoiding that entirely while Billy does his does his best. But uh yeah, if I if I were to position it, I would think that Shingo is going to have the better tournament because Shingo can have the more diverse matches with more people um, but in terms of where the company stands I think the company is very much behind Will Ospreay and this United Empire I think it's pretty clear that that's a very big focus and I think the story of that block is is Juice and Osprey 
Um, and that Shingo's there to put on great matches and bring star power to it. But I think the, the overarching narrative is is Juice Osprey. I think that, those two um, and that US belt, which Osprey has made pretty clear that he wants to elevate it to become like what the IC belt was with with Nakamura. Yeah, um, as being like the workers belt, I think. And if that's the case, then I think Shingo being a guy that could be his, his rival for that belt makes a lot of sense. Um, if you're going to make it a worker's belt. Um, but Juice obviously has different <laughs> different ideas around what that belt represents. I feel like Juice beats him in the G1 too. Yeah, which means I think Shingo gets potentially gets out or Juice gets out. It's very hard to this. It's hard to know in that block. I don't know. There's three guys that are that to me are just yeah. I mean, you shoulders. Could, you could go with any of those guys, but I. Th- Feel like the bigger, yeah. I'm, I know. I agree. Shingo's fucking amazing. I love that guy. And at any point, you can be like plug Shingo in to the main event scene for six months. Yeah, which they did. I mean, he yeah. carried the company but during. Now, but now, out of the pandemic, you know, now that everyone's sort of back, yeah. and you can plug Shingo into a program with Jay yep. until Wrestle Kingdom if you wanted to, and it'd be fucking epic. Yeah. Uh, but I just feel like off the back of Forbidden Door and, you know, I've been watching a lot of Will Ospreay stuff just purely out of interest because of all the shit shoot talking he's been doing about Kenny Omega and different people. Mm. And uh, you're listening to him talk about United Empire and where he wants that. Uh, and he's kind of becoming, like, he's very much a New Japan guy, but this character is like... Like is pissed at New Japan with what yeah. they're doing, so I feel like that story is a story that they're going going to go with after and through the G one. So I feel like Osprey is going to win the block. Um, or yeah. get screwed. There's like they're the, he's got to get he's either going to win the whole thing or get screwed somewhere along the way. Like he's getting out by being screwed because that's his whole narrative, right? Mm. Mm. Like I get screwed over by New Japan and their silly officials and their, their stupid games and all this sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, it depends on what you're trying to get, right? In terms of stocks, like if you want in terms of performance, I don't think anybody. I think in that block, Shingo's the guy because I think he'll get. I think he'll get a great match at a Udro. Yeah, oh, he'll have he'll have the best matches in that block yeah. consistently. Consistently, yeah, yeah. I think there'll be lots of story around Osprey, lots of story around Robinson. And then Shingo Takagi just doing banger after banger. And if he doesn't win the block, he'll just he'll just miss out on a yeah. To me, Shingo, to me, Shingo is put it this way. I think Shingo's the next Ishii in that he's just yeah. gonna be a guy that you just in the G1, you just know that there is no doubt that he's gonna put on epic after epic. Every match will be great, every match will be compelling. He doesn't have to win, he'll always have his heat. He he's Teflon, he's in like because you know that you put him in a match, the crowd will be hyped because Shingo's here. To me, that's he's he's got that mantle as that next guy up to be the next Ishii, where he's just he's just reliable. Mate, if they on a semi-regular send Shingo to AEW, he'll end up the most fucking popular wrestler in that yeah. company. <laughs> yeah, and he's actually said today, he, there's a, a Tokyo Sports article came out that he said he wants to defend his King of Pro Wrestling title in New Japan in AEW, and he wants to wrestle Sting. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and he's like, 
<laughs> ah, a wrestling in a KOPW style match. We'll pick the rules. We'll make it up. He wants to bring the KOPW stipulation to AEW. And he said he was talking That's to awesome. head of talent relations, uh, Christopher Daniels. And he's like, well, we used to wrestle back in the day. He's like, yeah, they want me over there. So I'll go over there and do some stuff. Um, so yeah, awesome. he, he's, I think he'll be an ambassador for that. So I definitely think that if I'm buying stock, I want Shingo stock. Shingo is the safest stock, but I think that uh, Osprey stock's probably going to shoot through the roof the next six months in terms of the push it's going to get. It's going to be a lot of people investing in that, but Shingo, you're not going to lose money. And Shingo's like a superannuation. You know, yeah. it's a safe, that's a safe bet. Just, just invest in Shingo. Yeah, cool. I know. I just thought more or less like get, get the opinions from you boys because I know Josh, you've been watching and David, I haven't really been watching from afar. So it's interesting to get the perspectives on where we think Shingo and Osprey are positioned in this G1. Oh, no, I, I, my, I am actually having to adjust because one of my, one of my, um, one of my uh, bio sells to you, Reb, was around Osprey and Shingo. So I'm trying to now adjust said thing. So there is a, there is a great app that I recommend that people that who like star ratings, I'm not a big star ratings guy, but if you do like star ratings uh, is an app called grapple. And grapple is a, an app where you're able to rate matches and they do it for the G1 and you rate them out of five, the whole system. So in that, which is an aggregator of all people that are watching content, it's a bit like cage match. I can use cage match as well. If you want to use that as a reference, but of this G1 buy or sell red, that Will Ospreay versus Shingo will have the highest rating on grapple and or cage match. So in terms of fans, overall fans, will they rate it as the best match? Will that be the best match of the tournament? Buy or sell? Uh, sell. No, it will not. No, fans will not say that's the best match of the okay. entire thing because it's, it's going to be where we're going to have a best match of the tournament uh standing on the outside looking in uh once again we don't know on the outside looking we, in. <laughs> we we don't know we don't know what the best match is going to be and that's that's what the beauty of the g1 is we 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 don't know but when we see it we're gonna know yes but i'm saying <laughs> i'm but i'm saying if you, yes that's true if you're putting odds down where, where what is the odds of that being the highest rated one it's got to be up there uh, Look, it's it's definitely got good odds. I'm just saying that. What could what could beat it then, Rick? Uh easily Naito Kenta. Um, hell, shit, even a Carter versus Lawler. We don't know. Like it's, like it's. it's look, look, I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying that. Like you know, yes, in the realm of of like banking money and putting a bet down. You're well, betting. If I was betting, if you're a betting man. You, well, what, is, what is what do we think then? Rick? Okay, if, then what, I'll, I'll put my cheeky two dollar bet down. Uh, you know, for I love how angry you're getting, Red. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking a question, Red. <laughs> look, it's just the thing is, though, is it's like I'm gonna have to go with sell. That's literally, fine. Literally based off the fact that, like, any one of these matches on any given night has the potential to be a wow factor and get the fans to win. We, 100%. It's like taking Tiger Woods or the field. That's exactly, and that's the thing. It's always the best option to take the field by the odds. But but I'm not going to go into it going, that's going to be the best match. And that's why I love the G1 so much is because, you know, I, I can tell you right now, Yujiro is not going to be part of this conversation. So that's fine. But hey, we don't know, Red. We don't know, but that's exactly hey, Red, what I know. Is that Are you saying that partly because 
I think I I think you're saying that because you want to be surprised. Yes. You want a match to come and grab you that you're not expecting and to yes. become your favorite match. Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 that's why you, I know I know you read. I know you. That's 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 the thing. <laughs> you want to be like that's going to be my favorite match, and yeah. then something comes along and you have to go. Hang on. Yeah. I have to rethink shit now. No, but the thing is, though, is every single night has the potential for me to go. That's was my favorite match, and I can guarantee you, boys, I'll say that every single damn night. <laughs> yeah. I can, every- that's why I didn't want to argue whether it's a favorite match because my favorite it won't be my favorite either. Oh, no. It might be the consensus. But like you're, you're critically acclaimed fans, match. Yeah, yeah. We well, see the fans are wrong, so I don't really care <laughs> what they think. Uh, yeah. I'm a fan, and I have 100 of the whatever it is, the stonks. <laughs> you, you've got all your stonks. Majority right? hold. I'm a majority holder of my. Yeah, you're enterprise. Yeah, the the happy lunch lads stonks. If I had the app, and I was the only person who was allowed to vote for me. I would say sell. I wouldn't say my my favorite Fair match the last G one that we watched was Naito and Moxley and they didn't wrestle for the first seventeen minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Good. I mean, <laughs> for people that love like listening, watching matches with slow jazz playing in the background, <laughs> well, I mean, that was I mean, going off that too. My favorite G one match of all time is Kenny Omega Okada when Kenny had to beat Okada. Yeah. And then the yeah. last two matches. One of the most critically acclaimed matches <laughs> that has ever existed. No, I'm just saying. That, like, yeah, so <laughs> literally one of them. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> which I think is like in the top five on Grapple and Cage Match right now. So. I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, I. I'm, you're, I'm not a populist. <laughs> this, the, my know, favorite G1 match is Omega Regatta. <laughs> I'm going to say bye. That that's probably going to be the favorite from everyone. Certainly not going to be my favorite. It won't even be my favorite from that block. I guarantee you that. My favorite will be Phantasmo shenanigans with someone. I would say. <laughs> I have one for you, Red. Oh. <laughs> so off the back of uh, Best of the Super Juniors, we saw Ace Austin defect at the end and join Bullet Club. So I have, I don't know, whether it's a theory or just a feeling that perhaps something similar could happen in this G1. So my question to you is buy or sell on David Finley joining United Empire? Hmm. Well, I mean, he's got the Irish ancestry there, which makes sense. Um. Going with you know the United Empire thing. Look, I actually had a counter theory. <laughs> I love so it. I'm gonna say sell just basically off this. I think Finley joins Juice in Bullet Club. Yeah, see, I sort of thought that as well. Um and like we were talking about Finley last week and he sort of, you know, I haven't seen too much of him, but, you know, wrestling with a more aggressive style. Um, I just saw Will Ospreay do an interview the other day, this big long one where he shits on everyone and he didn't shoot shit so much on David Finley. He sort of talked a bit about the opportunity that he was given and that perhaps he dropped the ball uh, and then, you know, shit went on with the pandemic and that sort of stuff, but that he likes his, he likes what he does he likes his thing and finley's like a 
he's like kind of like a lost boy at the moment. He doesn't have yeah. a bunch of boys. And I mean, Osprey did talk about wanting to recruit more guys. He wants another junior. And he did say maybe max two more guys, one more junior, one more heavyweight. But we're not really looking, which makes me think that they're looking. They're looking, yeah. Um, and like Bullet Club, super inflated at the moment. So do they need another guy, like another guy at that level, the, the mid-range heavy? And another guy that potentially could be like forced to be, Juice wants to be his own man, obviously. It's like he dumped Finley. So it'd be yeah. a really quick to get back into bed with Finley. We also have, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I think there'll be a feud between those two. And also uh, I feel like Osprey wanting to strengthen United Empire. You've got Tag League coming up, so Okan and Cobb. You could also have Finley and Hanare in there as a tag. That'd be kind of Aussie interesting Open combat. as well. Aussie Open will Aussie come Open. across. Yeah. So they could be real strong with another guy. I don't know. It's just a theory. I don't know. So I'm just posing it as a. I like. I like the thinking though, Dave. It's uh, it's interesting because Finley's ears. He's in that wasteland of like, out of everyone you look at, you've got Hanare, and but at least he's in a faction. But then you have hmm. Finley, and he's kind of like, as you said, a lost boy. He's by himself. He's you know just there doing his own thing. That's kind of what made me lead towards the him going to Bullet Club with Juice has more of like a, a supportive lackey sort of role for, for <laughs> the, a brief the disciples disciple. The disciple. Yeah, exactly kind of thing. So that's, I mean, so that's, you know, that's why my answer is going to be sell, but that's why it's going to be very fascinating with Finley to see what actually happens with this guy. Is he going to stay on Finley Island by himself with his shillelagh? <laughs> uh, I'm, you know. I, I'm just going to, I'm buying, I'm buying everything at this point. I fucking love that. <laughs> I love the thinking around that because, if you think about the feud that's existing right now with Juice and Osprey, then the story writes itself that like Juice yeah. left Finley. Yeah. And now the guy's targeting like Osprey's trying to target that US belt and go and Juice and those two, those guys are like the champ, like Osprey's the champ and he needs help to like who better than to get back at Juice than to get the guy that's and his former like lover. He- in this, you yeah, know, exactly. Debbie. And he sort of mentioned in this interview, he's like, you know, you know, David Finley, like, show me something. So in the match between the two of them, I'll be interested to know where it is in the card yeah. of G1. And if he does sort of, like, get respect. Which is a tra- traditional way that they've often done that, where it's like a leader can wrestle a guy and that the guy can show so much that he's like, this guy, I need to get this guy on my team. Like, I need to recruit this guy. Um, I know that Finley recently released his new merch um, today where it's, he's got the the tagline is the rebel. I think so he's going for that idea. Yeah, so cool. I, I could see I could see him sort of like he's just a bit lost. He's gonna he needs to he needs to find a landing spot. He needs mm-hmm. to find somewhere, he needs to find a home because you don't want to be like in Taguchi, Japan. You don't want to be yeah. like in Hontai stuck with nothing because ultimately that's not going to be give him a lot of flexibility in terms of stories they can tell when he doesn't have a crew with him what character you know like yeah. where does that go so i mean particularly if he's bringing in an aggressive element to his style uh, yeah, maybe. getting a bit of the old man in there yeah and it would make sense he said red the irish you know like he united empire has this sort of gimmick where it's clearly they're they're like international like that's kind of their thing 
I'm going to say bye just because I think it'll be fun. I like fun shit. Yeah, I, I'll buy. I, I buy Finley joining someone. Yeah. yeah, I'll buy that. Yes, buy buy Finley joining someone. But I mean, I don't know. There are not too many other factions out there at the moment. So United Empire makes the most narrative sense. It does. It really does. I, I just, you know, I'm just going to go a sell. All right, I'm going to buy a sell for you, Josh. Okay. Uh, I mean, we talked a little bit about this last week. Are they going to, I mean, is the evil Naito thing going to happen? Is it the most compelling story in that block? Will they go back and tell the story that they were going to? And and is El, is evil going to be elevated here or is it just going to be a fucking house of torture mess? Ooh. What is going to happen around that? Are you buying that they will, that evil will evil. be elevate, elevated here or, or not? It's a tricky one. Yes, I'll buy it. I'll buy it they, because I think they have to because now that the rosters are starting to... I mean, it's it's iffy because, <laughs> because it's been two years. Literally, we're on the two-year anniversary right now of House of Torture. And it hasn't been great in terms of what they initially wanted. Like when they initially pushed it, it was a really hot angle in terms of the initial push because it caught everyone you know, by surprise. Uh, yeah. Um, and it immediately sort of segued into a great sort of Hiromu evil feud. And it never really, the evil Naito stuff never hit any great heights. Primarily because I think most people were upset that evil ruined Naito's, you know, run as champ. Naito's that he was meant to go on. He's meant to go on that great yeah. run. Um, but they recognized that point that it had been six months off. You know, it was, the run was ruined by the pandemic. It was what it was. So... And I thought that they were going to do a bit of a bullet club house of torture thing, but it just feels like house of torture is going to be like quietly moved to the side of bullet club. Um, and I'm not sure whether they'll go there, but I do think in any case, I think house of torture will become its own faction. And if that's the case, then the leader of house of torture needs to be strong. They need to strengthen evil. And he's been kind of demoted for, six months seven months he's been down on the pecking order at the moment evil like he's not he went to the never six-man space but interestingly he he lost that those belts and was put into a fucking dog cage on the final corican heading into the g1 yeah i saw and some of those photos that was interesting if the level of indignation like that is they embarrassed that group they and they kept them in the dog cage and fans were taking photos with them it was kind of amazing <laughs> like um but they embarrassed them and it was almost like saying that House of Torture's gimmicks and their their tomfoolery and their shenanigans are, are wearing thin and they're not working. And it it's built in me this theory that they're going to develop a harder edge, that they're going to come back with this G1 and be nastier. Um, now that the sort of the finish line's inside in terms of the pandemic that they've sort of established. And they do that, like New Japan has got a booking trait. They do it all the time where they just hammer you over the head with these sort of these tropes that they do with their heels for years to get them to a position where they've people just don't like them at all. They generate this sort of heat and then they add, then they unleash them and they unleash these guys. That's what they did with the bullet club to begin with. And then people become more invested because they start to see them as like these sort of cool characters. Like the early Naito stuff, the early LIJ stuff was like they, that was 
amplified. They turn it up to 47. They don't just turn up to 11. Like they amplify it. So the character traits are so overt. They're, they're like, it's like pantomime. They're selling it from, so Rose Z can figure out what these characters are. You know, they really hit those traits home. And I think that they've sort of ended that period. Like we saw of ELP too. They've ended that period of the tropey stuff. And now enters the new period where it's like, okay, this is the guy that we're going to, this is the character that's going to come from that position. And House of Torture have done that recently. Like shows become the sort of the mid-card comedy heel and figured out his level. And I think that now he's got that level. Evil can now go up and take the mantle as sort of being a bit more of a, a vicious. I mean, I, ideally, that's what I'd like to see from him. Because I think he can do it. I think it fits his style a lot better. Yeah, it fits his style for sure. Yeah. So I think that it could he can do that. And if he does, then it makes sense in that block because Naito's there and you can easily tell that story of like, we're going back to evil Naito and we're going to, we're going to try to get something out of that now that the crowd can be more engaged. And the, I think at least, at very least, evil presents the best banana peel for Naito that's there because every near four, like, the, you can imagine the heat that they would generate when they're trying to cheat Naito out of winning and potentially getting into a G1, you know, getting those points. Like they, it's not out of the realm of possibility that, that evil interfering matches that Naito, that evil's not even in. Like, yeah. so there's, there's an opportunity they could do that story. If, if Naito is not going to win the G1, like I think Naito's going to win the G1. That's like, that's my feel. I feel like he's, he's got a chance to, they're, they're going to solidify him to, to move forward. He's not on my team, but that's a dream come true. Um, but if he's not going to, then I think the evil Naito story will be the one they'll fall back on. I think that's the one they'll go with. That's well, the that's the um, the rivalry they'll try to to, to heat up. Their their matches on the thirty first, and I think with so many eyes on this G one, like particularly with more people viewing it, I think they're expecting. Uh, it would make perfect sense for them to rehash. Is that the last? That's is that? That's not the last night. No. no, no, no. That's this is on. The, it's on the thirty first. The two of them actually happen to have their match. Okay. So, uh, which is because it's it's like in the very middle of it all, basically. So, which is interesting. But uh, I'm going to say bye to the question. I, I literally think that they're going to hopefully bring that story back because i mean it, it was a bit really lackluster the fact that we didn't really have any closure on evil leaving lij and we just sort of got this you know m- almost meme like group of, of oh god here comes house of torture so it's- and you think too like they went to the trouble of putting a belt on evil yeah like this it's such a an honor to have that belt in the industry yeah, they don't hand that out yeah, they're not just going to put it on anyone. At some point, they're going to you think by like he has to earn it. He actually has to earn the belt. That yeah, they, yeah, that they're going to elevate him to that main event level again. Otherwise, what was it for? Well, know? the thing is, he never has to win the belt again. But no, I think no, no. for for fans, a lot of fans in fans' minds, he has to justify the position he was given. Yeah, you know, like he's going to be the if he doesn't ever get back to that where he was before and he's stuck at this level then it's his title reign and, and what it represents in the history of new japan is is diminished yeah and new japan is hurt by that if he's not able to get back to that thing so i think it's in their best interest to heat the boy up i'm just okay i've got i've got a buy or sell and it's a homer one um buy or sell are we going to see jonah be elevated or even pushed in this g1 what what are our expectations buy or sell jonah stonks uh, well, yeah, clearly, clearly Josh is buying. I'm big buyer, drafted in the oh, second buying. round. 
I've already committed to the buy. Uh, it's an interesting discussion, isn't it? I think it's a lot of it's going to fall on Jonah, to be fair. I think yeah. that um, that New Japan uh, and the way that they book and the way that they structure their shows is they give you the ball. And from the looks of how he's being positioned in terms of the match um, placement, as we saw before, he's getting a lot of opportunities. So he's being given the ball. And so how he does, how he carries it, will be, it's up to him. If he does a great job, then I think that then the push is on. I think that this is a very big, I think they've got an investment in him. I think they understand the value of a big boy like that in, in New Japan. I think they they recognize that that archetype in terms of Japanese pro wrestling history. Mm-hmm. I think that um, he does have some cachet, you know, whether it's coming from NXT, I think that, you know, he was a champion, you know, a North American champion there, and he had some cachet in terms of the Western audience. So they can sort of, but he's still, he's still young enough and developed, undeveloped enough to be able to be fr- shaped in terms of what they want to do with him as well. So he's still got, he's got a, he's in that sort of nice sweet spot. Um, so I do think there's a lot of value in doing it, but it really depends on what he can do. And if he turns up and he delivers, then I believe that him and TMDK will get a significant um, positioning in, in the company. I think they see the value of that, especially in the Western expansion. I think that there's, they're looking at those guys that they can have that can be quality guys on a New Japan domestic roster, but can also hold down the front on the Western side as well in terms of New Japan strong. So you, but too, yes, like you, you come be. and do shows in Australia and Jonah's over in yeah. Japan. He's going to be over huge here. Yeah. Yep. And the TMDK brand um, with all the guys there could, could potentially, you know, you could easily run a show. Like you got to go like Robbie, you got to go like Jonah. You've got the two key um, guys in terms of, you know, your, your fan base here in Australia Um that would certainly yeah. invest in that yeah. in that story, and, and I just think you, you put him in a title match or something on that night in Melbourne yeah. or Sydney or whatever. Well, that's the thing. Like when we went and watched those two shows, like obviously the biggest and most attended show when we went to Melbourne to watch when New Japan Tour was when obviously the Elite were here, and that was like the big, yeah, you know, that was really the big thing. But nothing was as in, uh, the crowd was not as engaged as it was the second time we went when it wasn't as big a crowd but Robbie versus Will was on top and that felt like it was important because they mm. actually were telling a story that a story that had been told throughout the new Japan proper was being played out in an Australian ring. It felt like they had brought the domestic product to us as opposed to yeah. just coming to showcase. Mm. And I think that that, that would be, and you know, obviously they want to go to Oceania, like, and I think Jay White also has that potential because Jay's like, you could do Australia versus New Zealand and yeah. you would, you would sell pretty well with that with that branding down here. Um, so I do think it's in their best interest to have a, a heavyweight. And if they give him the Robbie push, then he's going to have a really good time because they really rate that guy. Um, so, yeah, I think um, I would be buying. I'd be buying. Um, but I don't think he's going to get elevated necessarily this G1. But I think that the seeds for his elevation will be that's, planted this G1. That's exactly, I think you'll see that's that, exactly what I'm thinking too. This is going to be um, a showcase for him to do some destruction, not necessarily gets points. Although I don't know, I don't know. They might do. They might. They might give him some points. No, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope so. Drafting <laughs> him second. Drafting him second. So some points would be nice, but um, 
I do think it's it's really about him sort of getting up. I think they need to, if they're going to make him a monster, they, he's in a bunch of the monsters. He's got to be king of the well, monsters. I think they need to book him strong if you, if you want to make him a strong, credible threat. If you want king of the monsters on August 5th, we've got Jonah versus Cobb. Yep. And they've been, that story has been played out in, in strong and they've been telling that for a while. Yep. That, that those two will sort of tussle. Well, that's the bet the ring explodes. Yeah, reinforce the ring for that one. Yeah, and him and Farley on the last night. Yes, I saw that. I was like, "What?" Yeah, I know it's on the final night. Mm. That's 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 not that's not by accident. Mm. Smellness. Farley's win the block. (laughs) (laughs) We all laugh. We all laugh. But then it's Tamatonga versus Farley. There they go. I mean, you laugh, but it's like New Japan will do some crazy shit. They want to push the Bullet Club. Uh, talking about buying and selling, it's uh, you know, it really does get the juices flowing sometimes. You know, no more numbers is what we need. And uh, <laughs> speaking of numbers, it's time to go into the third part of the questionnaire of the Jawa Pabu. Uh, that is French for G1 preview 2022. <laughs> of course, the G1 kicking off this week. You can watch it on New Japan World 1972. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. No, you can't. I'm pretty sure you can't watch it on the two combined things. So you can watch it on Fight, uh, YouTube, you Instagram, or just listen to us on our podcast, available on podcast app iPod. And <laughs> what? I know technology. <laughs> you can listen to us on your iPod Shuffle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, your uh, um, big with the Walkman crowd. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of the other ones: the Zima, uh, <laughs> Zima. <laughs> I don't, I'm just trying to think. I think what, it's a drink. I'm just trying to think of what they were. The, the uh, yeah. that was a Zune, wasn't it? <laughs> Zima. I think Zima is a food. It probably went into. Zim is a drink. Zune. Was it Zune? Zune. Zune. That's the one I was trying to think of, not Zima. Sleeper boy. <laughs> Sleeper boy. Uh, I'll ask this question. It's a question, is it? <laughs> I, I, I want to know, gentlemen, on your teams, your Tamas, uh, who's a sleeper boy? who is a guy on our team who we think is going to surprise. Surprise sleeper boy. Great question. Thank you. Tremendous question. Came to us from Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Twitter messaged us this one. Actually, uh, funnily enough, I just had a uh, Miss Doom just tweeted saying that she didn't have a question, but she just wanted to say hi, which at which point I said, we are currently recording, but I will find a way to get into the show. Um, hi. which I just did. Hi, Mr. So, hey. hi, Mr. Doom. Hey. Hey, we are live. Yeah. We are live yeah. in that respect. We're live, but you're listening to us pre-recorded after we <laughs> yeah. Here we go. The time travelers are back. Kashida's <laughs> back in the company. When Red. you hit play wherever you want, it is pre-recorded. Yeah. So oh no. She doesn't know what she's unleashed. Okay, who wants to go first on this one? I know Dave has been he's he's been teasing us with the the boy that he has discovered on the internet from the sound effect. <laughs> uh, so would you like to reveal that? Teasing us with this boy, Dave. Tell us all about this boy. <laughs> um, 
Sorry. This boy was... He was a... He was a <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Talk about derail. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was a difficult pick for me last week. So uh, I felt the need to go out and go down a rabbit hole. And I went down a small one. A small... <laughs> That's getting cut. <laughs> uh, so it's Hanare. Oh, wow! Yeah, I knew that. So based, based. You've done based. a one eighty. What is what is based? I don't know what based is. Uh, do based? I, is this where Josh describes? Is this where Josh describes Urban Dictionary? Yeah, pretty basic. Uh, Josh's new. Well, that's where it started. <laughs> no, that's where it started. It did start from that, yeah. but it means being true to oneself. Okay. Well, then that's interesting. If that's what it is. Mm. Uh, so you, you talked last week about, oh, I hope he brings in the uh, some of the Muay Thai stuff. He went over and trained over in Thailand. And he does have like that background. Um, so to, on his Instagram, he's got a... A really cool video of him just kicking the long bag in little shorty shorts and looking very T-H-I-C-C. Thick boy. He is my mid-hoss. He's he's hossing up. He's looking in shape. Um, and he was kicking the absolute piss out of this bag. And then it clips to him doing sort of like those big front body kicks on a few guys, Shingo one and <clears throat> a couple of others. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm liking the way this is sort of edited together and, you know, just going scrolling through the pages and he's he's like talking about haters are going to hate um, and you ain't anything if you don't have haters and all these sort of things. So, and, you know, we you sort of said last night, uh, last week, it's an indictment if he doesn't have great matches. So he has to perform, yeah? Mm-hmm. And being that he's his first G1, yeah, so he's in a tough block there. He is, yeah. But he presents an interesting style if he goes with that sort of full Muay Thai, big kicks um, sort of thing. So mm-hmm. against Kenta, that would be really interesting. So there's some, there's some kind of cool matchups. And, it, you know, if this is a G1 where there's new guys that are in that are going to be elevated in their blocks then, you know, there's a signature, he needs a signature win. And I feel like, I feel like if anyone is going to get Hanare over, it's going to be Tanahashi. Night one. So that's, that's a super compelling match for me. And it'll be a real sort of, um, you know, like a, like a yardstick, I guess, onto where Hanare is at and what, what he is. What if Dave, hear me out. Everyone has this discussion about New Japan's formulaic style. What if he goes in there and kicks, like, kicks Tana's head off in like seven minutes and beats him? And Tana can get all the simpy for the rest of the tournament. That works out for Tana. Like, yeah, because he's like, it's their first. It's the first matchup too. First matchup, first night. And like, we're up for upsets on the first night. Yep, it sets a tone, and it also establishes and says Hanare is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, he's here. He ain't here to fuck spiders. Like, you know, he's here. It could, like, I mean, it'd be ballsy. Well, I think, but I, I, dude, but, I mean, look, it's a, it's his first G one. He's got a new. He's got a character. This is 
now is the time. It's make make the man or yeah, is he done? Like what, what, official what cut bait. And he's only young. I know. Fucking 29 or something, 28 yeah. or something. So he did a great, I don't know if you saw, he did a post on Twitter today. I don't know if he did on Instagram as well about his journey of being a wrestler for 15 years and lying about being 18 when he was in in uh, um, in New Zealand and he wrestled for three years as an 18 year old. Um, and he talked about his journey about how he left his job to travel and then had a choice between WWE and New Japan. And he picked New Japan because he knew that would be the toughest you know, uh, road to go and about how he's taken so long to get here. And now that he's here, he can say he can confidently call himself one of the best wrestlers in the world because he's here and he's now got to go out and show it. I think it's, I mean, that's compelling. Not lying. Like, yeah. And he, so he's my, character. he's my, he's my sleeper boy. I feel like he's going to show something in, in the G1. Yeah. And I, I'm hope, I hope for him. I really hope for him. Oh yeah, me does. too. Me too. Because you get stuck with the death, the death, yeah, the death the... gimmick of the Islander boy for such a long period. This is this, this is something different. This is something interesting, uh, and it's like like O'Khan and like the, a couple of those other guys. It's an opportunity in a, over a period of a month and a half or whatever the G one goes for to really shape a character yeah. and yeah. tell some stories. And he's in there with great, like he's in there with he's in the, the best. Block. He's yeah. in the best block as far as talent. Yeah. yeah. Top end talent. There's a lot of top end talent there. So if he, if ever there's an opportunity to really show out and prove that he belongs, then he's in the block to do it. Get any yeah. progression. So we have, a, we have a couple of guys in this G1 this year who really have a chance to sort of put their, they don't have to get points. They don't have to get points. They just have to show up and have a great match. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, on another point. Hanare, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man. I like the long dax, but Hanare short dax, get out the thighs, son, because that's he's 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 sticking the thighs. Show yeah. show that shit off. You should bring out, yeah, the Muay Thai gear. Yeah. Someone needs to bring those out. Yeah, or just wear some Daisy Dukes. Hey, no gimmick stealing. <laughs> no, I don't think you want to piss that guy off. You might be working Muay Thai, but just avoid avoid Tom. Just avoid filthy for a while. Uh. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's interesting. Mm. In in a similar vein, as you said, Red, so much of this uh, G1 is, I mean, it's and it sort of speaks to what I think is a bit of a misnomer in how people perceive the G1. It's not always about points. It's the, it's the best tournament, best uh, because of its capacity to tell literally 30 stories at simultaneously. It's, it basically can set up three years of storytelling through one tournament through all the different connections and different seeds that are planted. It's such a benefit from a booking perspective. It's, it's so much like it's an elongated version of what the, the Royal Rumble used to be for what WWF was, where it's, they're able to tell these little stories through interactions mm. that would set up the entire year. So you don't have to win the Royal Rumble to set up your program for the next six months. Mm. Right. That was, that was how that booking was always done traditionally back when it was semi rational. <laughs> now, in, in New Japan context, that's what the G1 has become under Gato is this way to be able to basically set up the entire direction. So points are key at the top end to see who's going to be pushed talent. But for certain guys, it's such an important component in their progression and their development and also their where we see them going in the future. So for me, um, 
my sleeper boy who I think is going to perhaps not get a lot of points and not be featured very much, but in every opportunity he gets is going to be stealing shows is El Fantasma. Mm. I think that there's nothing like the, the elevation of El Fantasma to the G1 is kind of in so many ways seems a little bit out of left field because He's not like when Osprey got into the G1 at. He's got a lead with the Never Belt and yeah, had a yeah. few to lead up to it with yeah. heavyweight and, stuff. And yeah. him and Shingo, and then Shingo moved up to heavyweight after the best super juniors to get this spot, beating, um, you know, obviously beating uh, Kojima to sort of get that, you know, affirm himself as that, that rightful move there. Whereas. Like ELP beat Hanare after Eighth Austin interfered. Like it wasn't exactly like a strong statement to say I deserve to be in here. And he didn't win the best Super Juniors, nor did he even make the final. Like Will and Shingo previously had both made the final, and they made the move. But it's, but yet at the press conference of best Super Juniors, El Fantasma was already telling us that he was going to go and do the G One. So it's it's clearly been a plan for a while. He's been talking about it since like October of last year. So that's the intention, but it hasn't had that sort of that opportunity to affirm his position as a heavyweight at any stage. So he has to do it in the G1. He has to justify his position and his opportunity in the G1 in the G1, which gives him a really, you know, I think it's a really, um, awesome opportunity from our perspective as fans because it's like a guy that's going to go out there every night to prove himself. And those type of characters are the most compelling, the ones that have to justify, like he has to justify his position, his booking to the office, to the fans, to everyone. But there's no denying, like when those team, when those announcements were made at Dominion, that El Fantasma got one of the biggest pops and they left him till the end. Mm. They they sort of sat in there as like, what what this says is he a heavyweight? Maybe is he a junior getting pushed into a G one? Maybe. And both of those things have really intriguing narratives, especially in the context of New Japan moving into a a new uh, less traditional era. You know, this New Japan two point one or whatever they want to call it, where it's like, can a junior be in a G one and be booked? semi-strong and get given opportunities if that's the case and that changes the game the game is changed forever if that's the case because then a guy like Hiromu never has to move up mm. he could go into a G1 so what ELP is doing here has so many ramifications I, I really don't know what their intention is with him I think he is a true heavyweight he will become one he's got the build for one but I just feel like every night he's going to go out with the intention of stealing the show because he has the capacity to do things as a junior that other guys just don't have the capacity to do in that. And he can do things with other guys that other people just won't be able to do. Plus he's in a block with guys that fit his style incredibly well. He's in there with, you know, key players. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think he, he wrestles Shingo on the, the final, his final matches against Shingo. That's correct. And that is like, that's interesting. Like that could be Shingo needing to beat El Fantasma to get through. Um, and if we can remember correctly that at Forbidden Door, Shingo pinned El Fantasma. Mm. So I feel like that's the better win. Like that's, we always talk about the win that you need to get to justify your position. Yeah. Like when Osprey beat Tana back in the day when he was in his first G1 on the final night, I think ELP beat Shingo. And I feel like that 
I actually feel like that match will be the most compelling. I think that will be the best match of D Block. I think that will steal the show. And so that's my sleeper pick is ELP to steal a lot of what Osprey's, a lot of what Osprey wants to be is the next Kenny Omega, like in terms of how he positions himself in the company. ELP is the next Kenny Omega, and we're going to see it. I think we're going to see that, that elevation, not through the company pushing him as an elevated commodity. That's not what his role is here, but it's him showing that first glimmer of this is what this guy's going to be. He's going to be that next guy. He's next guy up. Well, he seems to be getting positioned in uh, a certain way for New Japan. Like you look at where he was on the card of Forbidden Door. You look where he's usually positioned before matches and tag team matches. He always has really, really big spots and always gets a lot of time, particularly in matches. Yeah. And usually when matches are surrounded with heaps of other notable big names as well at the same time. So he's definitely over. And also too, for an international eye, getting more eyes over ELP being thrusted into a bigger spot in new Japan is definitely going to be good for them. And particularly for business as well, because the guy sells a lot of merch. He, he does, sells a yeah. lot of merch. So, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, all this stuff's so cool. Yeah. That's what I mean though. But the guy is cool. He designs it all himself too. Yeah. 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 Very talented guy. And like he plays a heel and a lot of, I know people, some people don't like him because they think he's a prick. Where, but from all I've heard from people that that work, like that say he's the nicest guy, yeah. that he's like this sweetheart of a man, um, and you can tell like he's always like during Pride Month, he's always like putting stuff up for his, and or, like he wears his jacket with his like trans life. So like he's he's a very progressive guy that's playing a role, like he's playing a character. People, he, um, he seems like a dude that I'd really enjoy going out for a couple of drinky poos with. I think he's, I think he's got that reputation. Yeah. I think he's got that. <laughs> I think, um, and you know, he came up in the rev pro scene and I think the company love him. I think he's, he's been loyal. He's one of the few guys that like during the pandemic, he, he was there for six, seven months. Yeah. Like I can tell you that will get you equity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that this G1 is like, thank you, El Fantasmo for yeah. committing to the company in a really tough time. Here you go, bud. Here's a platform. Do your best. And I think, um, yeah, I think it's a really great opportunity for him to 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 show out, and I'm I'm more than confident he will surprise a lot of people because I think he'll tone down a little bit of the sh- the shenanigans, and he'll up the athleticism, and I think people will not be su- yeah he'll be surprised. It'll be interesting to see how that goes against like the heavyweights in the division. That'll be kind of fun to see, and because he's going to get he'll be the guy that gets thrown around a lot, and he's going to have to rely on speed and and elusiveness to, guys, to survive yeah yeah he's not going to get away being able to be cheeky because they're going to beat the shit out of him and back racks. yeah a lot of back yeah back rates like a back race is going to get him a retaliation against some of these guys and he and he's going to he's going to find that out so he's going to have to adjust his style and i think that's the best motivator for a guy like that to adjust your style is to be positioned where it doesn't work yeah and that's mm-hmm. the easiest way to get narrative progression character progression is to be positioned in a, in a spot where all the things that I used to do that worked no longer work. I'm going to have to find another thing and I'm going to spend the tournament figuring out what that other thing is. And we saw that in the best super juniors where his stuff wasn't good enough to beat Despy. And it was like, it's not good enough to beat this guy. I need to find something else. And now he's going to go and find that out in the G1 context as well. So whatever he, whatever he discovers, whatever he brings, I think is going to surprise people. I like it. Here's your sleeper boy, Red. Yujiro. Good night, guys. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, like, you guys shat on me for taking Yujiro. So, I mean, 
Uh, yeah, oh, look, I, I didn't see Donnie oh, Red. No, I Josh did. did. Josh, <laughs> I did. Josh, Josh basically like, verbally ordered a subway from Uber Eats when he had heaps of different food to order on, but that that towards Ujero. Well, that's exactly what Ujero was, right? You had all these options and you picked Ujero. <laughs> yeah, you subway. picked the subway. Yeah, um, you picked the subway. No, look, my my sleep route, it shouldn't be much of a it's because this is a return to the G1 for me. This is a return. So I'm going, I'm my sleeper boy Sonata, the ultimate sleeper boy. Um, sleeper boy. The ultimate sleepy boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I like my apathetic boys. Um, You're a big fan of the apathetic boys. This, you keep drafting. This, this year, I am. Uh, t- year, I am. Uh, 2022 <laughs> is the year of apathy. Um, so yeah, Sonata. Isn't that, isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So yeah, Sonata, based off the fact that, like, I think he's got a lot going for him and he's got they're gonna have a really good g1 and he's uh always always put on great matches but i think does he does he yes though? he does does he always yes, he put does. on good matches yes, that's all, the, that's the question with sonata is are they compelling because that's his always been the issue like you don't have to argue with me yeah. i love the boy but yeah all the matches are good um but it's just like so in the g1 this year i think with uh their old boys getting old it's time for a sleepy boy to uh, take the <laughs> young whippersnapper, uh, <laughs> young forty-two-year-old uh, emerge from the cold skull zone. Do you think? Do you think that they? I mean, that's the legit question, Red. So, you think he'll surprise? How does Sonata surprise people? Like, what is the surprise? Well, he moves slow, then he moves fast. <laughs> yeah. It's like a like a shock, but you know what I mean. Like, what would be the surprise? Like, what would be the surprise for a Sonata in this tournament? Like, to win, his like if if winning it, getting to the final. I mean, the guy's been to a G one final before, so the only the only option for him all. is to win it all. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a shock. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I'm look, I'm not saying he's going to do that. I'm just saying he's my sleepy boy. So it's just, it's just... <laughs> it's just literally sleepy. Boy. Yeah, he's a sleepy boy. Because yeah. yeah, I mean. During the pandemic, the first year that was he made the final against Kota Ibushi, and that was kind of his first sort of. They used that opportunity to elevate guys during a period of you know downtime. And the issue and the issue with Sonata is he's in the same block as the champ, and very rarely do they push the like. You don't need the guy in the same block as the champ to win it because he's already got the match against the yeah. champ. So if you only have to beat the champ, and then like the, the Zack Saber Junior strategy, like. Beat the champ. Like, is that a surprise? Does Sonata beat Jay White first night? Well, I mean, like, that would... Yeah, I don't know. Is that anticlimactic? Why is that? Well, he beats... Well, him winning. He beats Jay night one, and then it's just like, yep. all right, job done. I mean, it would fit the narrative. Yeah, it <laughs> would, the, actually, yeah, it, it would. <laughs> it would kind of fit the apathetic... Uh, <laughs> I'm just... Yeah, cool. Then, I it got means, then it means that Jay has to chase something. He has to yeah, chase Jay's point. chasing the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Um and yeah. he's got a and they would have a Sonata J match, which I think they would think would potentially draw in um in Japan. I I just think that if Sonata, like similar to Evil, um during this G1, they need to put the heater on and you know, going forward. In that block, yeah. In that block, you're right, Red. There's not they need to propel start. They really needed to start. Because Sonata like really was positioned before the pandemic in a, in a really really good way, 
And because I haven't watched for so long, I don't know if he's lost any of that traction. It's hard not to say anyone hasn't lost traction due to the pandemic. He's, I mean, look, he's, he's a much better position than he was before the pandemic. Yeah. The pandemic is a tag guy. Yeah, okay, cool. So, well, like, well, so yeah, so this is this is his time. He's a former US champ. Yeah, this is his time. Sonata, Sleepy Boy, you know, he's, he's going on to, to good things. Do you think he... So the the argument would be the uh, he's got the most potential for upside then. I think he does. I think he has one of the biggest chances to actually win it all in my opinion. Sonata really legitimately, if I'm thinking about perspective of long-term going forward with a guy, um, I think it would be a shock, but I think that's something mm. that could definitely grow off. So that would be my surprise is for Sonata to win it all. Yeah. I could see him winning the block and going against Okada. And then I could see him potentially beating Okada. It's possible. Winning it all is a big call, but anything's possible hey, and where you picked him if you could win it all that'd be a great spot from where you drafted him hey, i'm all about big calls man so saturday this week is it all starts off yep, yep. saturday so and sunday so we'll be doing next week we'll be doing the first few nights first two nights there'll be first two nights and then it's saturday sunday and then it's they're off till wednesday and uh okay I'm, that works well i actually quit my yep. job for the g1 <laughs> now destitute for the g1 um, yeah, so it'll work out nice. We've got two really, uh, I think, you know, those, those, those cards will be free on New Japan World, so they're available for everybody. You don't have to have a uh, subscription to, to watch them. Oh, that's what you meant by free. You don't need to sub for that, but eventually they will be behind a lock gate. No, they're free. They're free. They're going to be free live and free because they're, they're, the they're broadcasting. No, no, the no, first two oh, nights. the first two nights. Okay, there we go. Uh, they'll be free, available to try to get as many people to, to sort of tune into the beginning of the tournament. Um, they're going to be live on a Beamer as well in, in Japan. That's why they're, they're free. So they're, they're live on sort of cable. Um, so it's a really big opportunity for them to bro- broadcast the, the G1. And yeah, the first two nights look to be, they've loaded up, they've really loaded up those first two, those first two nights, um, those first two cards. So we'll be, we'll be reviewing Next week, we'll be reviewing those nights and looking at how our boys did. Um, it's We obviously have the return of the undercard matches this year as well, which is going to be... Uh, see how many people get through those. Is that the, the um, picture of E-Block now? Who's going to win E-Block? Yeah, I mean, this thing, like, during the pandemic, they didn't have them. So it's a real... It's kind of a real sign that this is this is really... There's some big 10... There's, a, like, a couple 10-man tag matches. Yeah, yeah. They're always they're always interesting, um, but yeah, that first that first night. I mean, if you look at that first night that will be coming yeah. up on Saturday with the the block matches, just the block matches alone, they are bangers. They're all yeah. uh, they're all uh, could be every match could be an upset. Yeah. Yes, and that's sort of I feel like every match makes the most sense. Is like they could really send a message pretty early. Like holy shit. Um. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be good. I'm looking forward to that. I'm also lo- that night. I'm looking forward to even just watching everything again. You know what I mean? Like watching from start to finish, including the press commentary stuff afterwards as well. Like I think that's what I'm most looking forward to with the G1 this year is that it's, I haven't done that for so long. You know what I mean? Like it mm. feels like it's been a long time since I've watched. It's like going back on tour. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a bunch of the young boys. Yeah. Uh, in their lead up matches. I'm looking forward to seeing a couple of the names I don't recognize um, in the in the tags and yeah. what, what they look like, and even the ones that I do know but haven't seen much of and what they look like in um, 
like <laughs> intrigue Oiwa and Yano versus Bad Dude Tito and Jonah. Like I'm intrigued by Bad that. Dude I think Tito. Fun. Bad Dude Tito has me just like Grand Titan. Oh, yeah, you will love some bad bad dude Tito, man. He's got he's got Raf vibes. <laughs> it's but he can work. <laughs> it's like um yeah, he uh it's that's it. That's the joy of, of the G1 is there's so many things on offer and so many different things you can engage with, whether you like in-ring wrestling, whether you like long-term storytelling, whether you like backstage promos, Number. whether you like the good old-fashioned press conference. The, the G1 press conference is back this year yeah. with the at the beginning of the tournament where they all get together and talk. Like it's it's all coming back. Like it feels like we're we're starting to right the the ship here. And and I think these first two nights are gonna be a like it's ZSJ and Kenter on Sunday. Like it's like, come on now. Like you're gonna have it's gonna get good. Like well juice and juice and shingo. Gonna yeah. get good quick. Gonna yeah. get good quick. Well, I guess the only way to close up this show is uh don't call some more the numbers. Comeback. We've been here for years. <laughs> we, Mama said, just because we're on now. Spotify doesn't mean you have to now. It's literally taking a, a different song reference every 22 minutes. We are some LL Cool dudes. Just when you thought we were done, <laughs> it is now time to start the G1 because that's fun. And I hope you've enjoyed this show. Happy lunch. From the Stiff Boys. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs>